On this episode of the High Tech Freedom Sales Podcast, my guest, Jason Forrest, discusses the importance of overcoming mental barriers in sales, including fear and reluctance. He introduces the concept of leashes and provides examples of how they can hold salespeople back. We also discuss the role of NLP in sales and offer insights on how to become a highly goal-orientated salesperson. Jason shares a sales technique that he teaches and has piloted with the U.S. Army Recruiting Department with incredible success. I know you will find valuable insights for those sales professionals looking to improve performance and overcome mental barriers. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right. Well, Jason, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me on. So... We've never met before, and uh, but I did see some of the content that you're putting out there on LinkedIn. So I reached out to you because I, I liked what you were saying. And when I was doing some research for for uh, this morning's episode, I saw something that you put out there that said you were on a mission to ignite the pride, purpose, and respect to professional selling. What does that mean? Sure. Great, great question. So um, it, it comes from this overall philosophy that if you talk to most salespeople and you ask them, Hey, so tell me like why you got into sales. They usually will tell you some sort of story that says, well, it wasn't my plan A career. It was my plan B. You know, what I really wanted to be was blank. And so that didn't really work out. And so I kind of got the sales job and I've kind of had it ever since. Right. And so you, you combine like the overall persona of, you know, so many people don't get it as a plan A career combined with the fact that there's this like horrible reputation out there as far as the distrust of salespeople. And then combined with the fact that, Less than three percent of universities actually teach professional selling. In my opinion, the ones that most of the ones that do are actually getting it wrong anyway. So, so it kind of creates this perfect storm of well, no wonder why we kind of all hate salespeople, right? And so, and my thing is, no one really hates salespeople in general. They just they just don't they're not happy with some of them that are unethical or unhelpful or boring. And so, my whole thing is, well, why don't we make selling like the most honorable profession in the world? And the way we do that is like teach them how to be truly great. Like how do we help them become, you know, um, as great as a doctor would be or any, any other kind of profession or an accountant, you know, you have to spend more time being an accountant than you do obviously learn how to be a salesperson, which I think is insane. So that's the idea is I want to, I'm not asking for people to give salespeople any sort of like laxed favor and say, Hey, you know, it's not, this is not like the, you know, the new me too movement or something of like, let's, let's focus on salespeople. It's not that I want salespeople to earn it. Right. You know? So if a salesperson's tired of not getting the respect that they deserve, then great. Let's, let's make sure that we prove everyone wrong by being the best trained. Uh, let's focus on our mindset. Let's focus on our process, focus on our language and let's be, let's be the best that's out there so we can ignite the pride, purpose, and respect professional selling. 
Yeah. So now I understand you, you actually did some sales teaching at a university, right? I didn't. Well, you might have, if, on the, if you look on the LinkedIn profile, I was the head of sales training for MDC Holding, which is a Fortune 500 company. And I was oversaw their MDC University. Oh, got it. Uh, but yes. Gotcha. So then that might've been it. I don't know what you looked at, but, uh, but yes, I, I uh, was ahead of training for them. And then what I realized is there was just so many people out there that had created uh, sales training platforms that just weren't practitioners. They weren't real. And so I was very frustrated with that. And so 15 years ago, I wanted to create like a very practitioner-based sales methodology, not a philosophical-based sales methodology. And so that was kind of my focus. Now, since then, we have sales training that we do called Warrior Selling, which is number two in the world right now. And then we have leadership sales coaching, which is listed as number one in the world on teaching sales managers how to be the Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart you know, of, of sales coaching. And that is actually taught at two universities as a part of their sales leadership curriculum, which we're very proud of um, to be able to, you know, to have that. Um, so that's on our sales training platform. And then we also have a fractional sales leadership uh, division as well as a sales recruiting division as well. Okay. Yeah. I think I picked up on that, your program being integrated into a university program. So my son's a uh, freshman now at college and uh, we have a requirement that he calls once, once a week at a minimum every Sunday. And pretty much every Sunday I check is like, hey, did you check around to see if the university is offering any sales courses? Even if you don't want to go into sales, you know, just take a course while you're going through the program because it will open your eyes up and expand your skill set and your abilities. And trust me, you'll be thanking me down the road. I, and I would agree with you on that. My my Sunday, I had a very, very cool upbringing. My Sunday school teacher was Zig Ziglar. No um, way. Which, yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. So I was very fortunate with him. And then my mom uh, was a debate and public speaking uh, professor for 50 years at a college level. And then my father um, owns a owns like a small business, like a jewelry store. And I showed that with you because I would agree with you on that. Back when I went to college, you know, back in 97, the I went to Texas Christian University and they didn't have uh, any kind of sales program. And, and so Zig told me to go get a degree in psychology because that's understanding what makes people tick and what ticks them off. And then, which is partly sales, and then again, I had the upbringing of you know public speaking and debate from my mother. So really, if you kind of combine you know the best of psychology combined with the best of public speaking and debate, you pretty much have the ethos of of my belief about selling. Yeah. So that's that's kind of it. Well, so taking that taking the psychology route, so you've integrated uh, some of the uh, neuro linguistic programming NLP concepts into your program and your methodology. Um, I'm familiar with it, but for those that are not, what, what does that mean? Sure. So NLP is phenomenal, actually. So I'm I'm myself and my wife are one of less than two thousand like master practitioners from the original governing body of NLP in the world. There's a lot of people that say they have NLP, but they you know took some like Udemy class on the weekend or something or read a book, but this was actually like this. This took us like thousands of hours of certification and and witnessing that we could do this. So NLP is the governing body of all things persuasion and behavioral change. Okay, so underneath the governing body of NLP, NLP is neuro linguistic programming. So neuro brain linguistics speech. And what's been proven is that the way that we speak is a window into how we think. And how we think is a window into how we feel, and how we feel is a window into what we do, and what we do is when I receive. So NLP is the study of, and my this is my simple translation of it, it NLP is the study of how do 
high performers in any area? How do they speak, think, and act? And how is that different than an average performer in the same circumstance or a bottom performer? So like everyone would agree that Tom Brady just thinks, speaks, and acts differently than another quarterback in the same NFL, right? I mean, that's, that's right. But that, so take that mentality and NLP is, okay, well, let's study that. Let's study how does um, a top athlete do that? How does a top salesperson do that? How does a top, you know, so it's, it's all things in that case. So uh, most people would understand NLP. If you ever go to you know, a phenomenal psychologist, this would be NLP. So you go to a phenomenal psychologist and, and they say, hey, tell me what your problem is. Well, I've got, I'm dealing with depression. And the psychologist said, so they said, well, how long does it take to cure this? And they said, he says, he or she says, well, it'll be a lifetime disease. You'll have to come back every month to kind of dial it in. Okay. That would be the anti-NLP route. The, the right, the correct NLP route would be would be the study of who are the psychologists that can cure that in like three visits or less. Yeah. And and so NLP is is finding is like who are those people? Who are those who are those psychologists that are doing that? Who are the salespeople that have the highest conversion rate, right? NLP is is um speechwriters. So behind every president of the United States is an NLP speechwriter. Um and so we're that's kind of sad if you think about it, but we're not you're not voting for the president, you're voting for the best speechwriter or the best ad copywriter, like that's that. And so, so I have two big uh, certifications. So one is in neuro-linguistic programming, which again, is all things persuasion, hypnosis, um, hypnotherapy, ad copywriting, you, you name it. And then my other certification is in what's called accelerated evolution. And that's just as powerful as NLP. And AE is how to remove stress and fear from um, anyone, from high producers, because that's what's that's what holds people back from performing, right? Is that is like for example, I was just talking to a high producer the other day, and I said, um, I said, right now, um, on a scale of one to ten, how bold and brave are you to speak your highest truth and be brutally honest with a complete stranger when you're pitching your product or service? And he said, I'm a ten. Now that same exact pitch. If you have to do that with like a close friend of yours, how brutally honest are you and how, you know, when it comes to that pitch and he goes, I'm like a one. Mm, yeah. That's interesting, right? So same exact pitch, same exact person, but when you change the scenario and now they have to have that same message and they have to pitch their friend or family member, they clam up and they feel like a mouse versus they feel like a lion when they're talking to a complete stranger. Well, so what my background is, is how do I remove that? How do I make them just as bold and brave in all circumstances and not just the ones that they feel like they're the strongest at? Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. So um, translating all of this back to sales. So uh, in doing that and working with some of these very high performers, you know, the top 10%, top 20%, uh, what are some of those traits and things that, that you see and try to help replicate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So- so I came up with a fun acronym, and this is what we do on our recruiting side. Um, th- th- we'll find these people for them. So my last name is Forrest. And so I came up with an acronym on GUMP. So Forrest GUMP, right? G-U-M-P. And, and so think it's real simple. Think of it this way. So G is goal-oriented, okay? So a high producer, when I say goal-oriented, they are self-sufficient and maintained. So they will go to their boss on a daily basis and say, hey, boss, let me tell you about my pipeline. Let me tell you about the value of my pipeline. Let me tell you about who I'm working. And let me tell you about my obstacles that I need your assistance with so that I can sell this, 
right? That's a highly goal-oriented salesperson. The opposite of that is the boss goes to them because that person hasn't come to the boss and says, hey, salesperson, tell me about your pipeline. And they go, good question. Let me go into my CRM and see if I can find the notes. Oh, crap. I don't know my CRM password. Let me reset, reset the password. Let me see if I can get it. You know what? I don't actually know that much about them. I mean, I didn't really take very good notes. Uh, let me get back to you on that. Let me put a spreadsheet together. That's the opposite of goal-oriented, right? Right. So that's goal-oriented. So U stands for unleashed. And so I wrote a book uh, two years ago called The Mindset of a Sales Warrior. That was the number one sales book on Amazon in 2019. And I, I developed this formula called performance equals knowledge minus leashes. So P equals K minus L. So performance is like what we do. Knowledge is what we've been taught to do. So like in your case, you know, we teach, you teach salespeople, hey, do these things, say these things, et cetera. That's knowledge. But you have to, you have to minus out the leash. And a leash is any sort of mental head trash or resistance or limiting belief that somehow tells them some sort of story that says, I can't say that at that time. Right. Right. And so I developed uh, four different types of leashes uh, through our research. So one is self-image. I don't identify as a salesperson. Um, I have role rejection. Number two is I've got a reluctance or fear. We can actually measure um, uh, 13 different types of reluctances. So stage fright, selling to upmarket clientele, coming across too pushy, using selling selling via Zoom or Microsoft Teams, telephobia, selling over the selling you know over LinkedIn. These are like actual reluctances people have. Uh, a third type of leash is a rule. So a rule is um, I will ask them to buy when the following conditions are met. That's a rule. And then uh, a story is the reason why I'm not selling is because of COVID or the reason why I'm not selling is because of supply chain issues. Like they have this kind of fictional thing outside of them. So U stands for unleashed. I'm unleashed of the negative self-image that's holding me back. I'm unleashed of these bullshit stories that are holding me back. I'm unleashed of these unnecessary rules. And I'm unleashed of any of these reluctances that are holding me back, right? Now, not a single salesperson on the planet is unleashed of everything, right? Right. They're human. They're human, right? So we all got stuff. We all got baggage, right? But the question is, is on the recruiting side, is for the type of position we're recruiting for, do they have leashes that are um, detrimental for what they're selling, right? So for example, someone might have a leash that, um, I have a fear of selling to upmarket clientele. I have a fear of selling to people that are above my pay grade or educational level, et cetera. But okay, well, don't let them sell 55 and up you know, uh, products. Don't let them sell to the C-suite, but maybe they can sell fine to someone at their same economic level. And there are total closers doing that, right? So it's, it's very situational as well, right? And so we can dial that in. And then M stands for motivated. So motivation can be measured as the psychological and physical energy to keep hustling. So someone can have goal clarity. We've all met people like this, right? Where they they kind of talk a big game, but they don't follow through. So they might be, they might have someone that's got, you know, hey boss, let me tell you about my prospects I got this week. Let me tell you what I'm doing, et cetera. And then and then come Friday, you're like, hey, so what happened? I haven't got around to it yet. Like they did half of the goals, but not all of them because they don't have sufficient psychological and physical energy to keep up with their goals. Mm -hmm. You got it both, right? Oh, yeah. And then the last is P for procedural based. That's a meta pattern in NLP. So there's many, many meta patterns, like 30 something meta patterns. So, uh, but one of them is called option based versus procedural. And option based is 
Every customer is different. Every scenario is different. Procedural based is every customer might be different, um, but I'm just going to follow the same like step by step process to lead to predictable success. Right. So, but that's a meta pattern in the brain. Some human beings. They can't, they just don't want, it's not they can't do that, but they're not wired to do that. And so they would have to, it would require a sufficient amount of desire and effort to change their brain wiring, right? So like most entrepreneurs are actually actually visionaries and are actually option-based. So what's interesting is, you know, you think you would want an entrepreneur to be a salesperson, but you actually would not. If you're trying to create a predictable, successful organization, that person would be all over the place and you could not it'd be too hard to manage them, right? Yeah. You actually want more of a COO type to be a salesperson that's got a step that like their mind thinks A, B, C, D, and they think in a linear fashion uh, because I can actually train that person, hold them accountable, create a model around them. They're going to follow it. We can measure it. It gets much more simple. So that's the Gump model. Yeah. Wow. We could do a whole episode on just any one of those individual letters. Um, you know, I think back to the G, you know, goal oriented and, you know, the, the example that you used, you know, I've had people on my team over the years that they do show up to a one-on-one and I mean, I can just sit back and they are describing to me what's happening and telling me what's going on and telling me exactly what, where they need help, where they don't. And it's such a pleasure versus, you know, the, the exact 180 where you're digging and you're probing and, and, and what you realize is, well, because they don't know, they're not, they're not on top of it. Before we jump into the topic, I wanted to let you know that we just launched a monthly drawing for one of our insulated high-tech freedom tumblers. Now, I've been sending these out as a thank you gift to each of our guests, and the response has been great. You know, everyone has a full-size coffee cup, a Yeti, or whatever brand that they might use, but not everybody has the small tumbler that you can put your wine or beverage of choice in. They're great for the deck beach camping or just you know just keeping your drink warm or cold now, i'm not selling these but i am excited about them so we decided to offer these up to the loyal podcast listeners by doing a monthly drawing so if you're interested go to hightechfreedom.com forward slash mug that's m-u-g and you'll see a picture of the tumbler and you can enter we'll just collect your name phone number and email and if you do win we'll then follow up and ask for your mailing address so we know where to send it If you don't win, your name stays in, so you don't need to re-enter. So let me ask you this. So out of all of these, you're not born with all of these. I imagine it's it's a progression to get better in each one of these areas. I mean, how do you get better at any one of these specific points? You know, it's a lot to it's a lot to go focus on at one time. Uh, Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I would say the G is probably the most important. So. The goal, the goal orientation is the most important, right? Because if someone has um, a strong enough kind of goal clarity, um, as far as like a desire of what they're wanting to achieve, then um, I can I can therapeutically, my team can therapeutically kind of work with them to actually increase their their uh, psychological and physical energy. So, like for example, like like one of the reasons why people don't have sufficient energy is because like they don't eat well or they smoke or they drink too much or they don't work out in the morning or, you know, like those are, those are actual like measurable things that we can actually do uh, and advise people to do to increase their psychological, uh, sorry, their physical motivation. Um, And as far as their psychological motivation, we can increase that as well by taking them through some therapeutic exercises to remove the, like the negative self-talk, right. And remove the, 
kind of that primal. The problem with our brain, unfortunately, is that it's created for safety and it's created for survival, right? And so what happens a lot of times is that the one thing that's there to protect us is actually the one thing that prevents um, an average performer from being a high producer is because they're they're kind of too locked on to their amygdala. They're too locked on to their like primal part of their brain. And they're not tapping into their prefrontal cortex um, that's allowing them to have creativity and thought and consciousness. And, and so, which that prefrontal cortex is a much, a much, it's a much younger part of our brain, right? So, so we have to kind of fight that brain of ours to be a top producer. Yeah. And that ties right back into your unleashed example. Um, you know, I think that one's also a, a fascinating category because I think that there's a lot of, a lot of sales pros out there that are out there, they're doing the role, they're working hard, but sometimes they don't necessarily understand what it is that, you know, what are those leashes that are holding them back? So, you know, I'm a big structure guy. I like if I can sit down and, you know, break it down into those four categories and then say, okay, now let's do some honest self-assessment around those four categories. You know, then I can be real with myself and say, okay, yeah, you know, I kind of do need to work on that one. Like I look back in my earlier career, no doubt I, I had a self-image challenge when it came to calling higher. You know, I was a young guy. My, my first field sales manager told me to go grow a beard. So I looked older. Well, right away, it was in my head that I looked too young and that that stuck with me for a while. I was very nervous about going in front of an executive. Uh, but, you know, I worked on it, got over it, got rid of that leash and then, you know, started working on the next one. I love the structure. Yeah. You just proved a point based upon the research that that the number one cause of reluctances, so the number one cause of this internal head trash or this stress that you're talking about is is trainers who don't know what they're doing. So trainers, authors, philosophers, teachers, know what they're doing and sales managers. So, so a reluctance is like, is like the COVID virus. It's a, it's a highly contagious virus of the mind. And so, so that's how quick that was. You had someone with authority, right? That said to you, um, you need to grow a beard so that you can be more relatable and look older. Well, what did that tell you? That, that, that's a whole, that's a whole triggered response that your brain now says, Oh, you're saying that, that someone who's younger is not going to build, not going to be able to create trust with someone who's older. And so, but that's kind of interesting. So now I gotta, I gotta like basically like lie and manipulate by adding a beard and like kind of try to disguise my real age and by lying and manipulating disguise my real age is actually the thing that's going to help me like build trust and sell and sell more. But internally that doesn't feel right. Something's wrong with that. And so now I feel kind of weird about, you know, it just creates a whole cognitive dissonance, like much bunch of mess, you know, in your head. Right? Yeah. When I don't think I'd ever really gone, I don't think I had really gone back and connected the dots on those two. I mean, I knew he had said that and I knew this is how I felt early in my sales career, but I don't know that I really connected those two dots maybe until right now. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, so Jason, shifting gears a little bit. So in uh, the industry that I work in, a lot of my listeners are in the tech sales world. Uh, man, there's a lot of layoffs going on right now. And they're all over the news. By the time this comes out, I'm sure there'll be more. And looking for a job is different now than what it was just 18 months ago where everybody was hiring. I mean, you could be two years out of school and get a big fat OTE package. Uh, I think things are changing now. If, if I'm out there looking for a job, you know, what are some, maybe some lessons learned? You, have a re- you help with recruiting. What are some of the lessons learned that you might pass along to job hunters? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, wh- one, um, if you if you could find a way to like what sales is, right? Sales is about how do I stand out? How do I create a, uh, how do I make my brand 
unique and distinct because let's put ourselves in the shoes of a higher person, a person who's hiring you, right? So if you put yourself in the shoes of the business owner or the head of sales, like what's their number one question? The number one question they're trying to figure out is, is who is going to be the person that I can hire that has, that's the least risky, right? That's the least risky uh, to, to basically make more money than what I'm paying them in compensation and in benefits. So if a salesperson, for example, I mean, if a salesperson is going, well, you know what, I need to make hundred thousand dollars, you know, hundred thousand dollar base. Well, we're talking, we're talking with benefits, we're talking 120,000, right? And so you take $120,000 and you divide that by 12. I mean, that's $10,000 a month. So right now, like, think about that. You're listening to this going, what are you going to say to them? That's going to convince them that if they start paying you $10,000 a month today, that you're going to be able to return on that investment. So what does that mean? Well, you, you need to be able to at least, uh, I would say, give them $40,000 a month in profit and gross, and gross margin on that, right? And maybe, maybe $30,000. Okay. So then you got to say, okay, well, then what are they selling that's able to do that? Let's say a company can get you know, $20,000 net, net profit. Okay. So Let's just say they need to start. They need to be able to sell, you know, two to three hundred thousand dollars a month, right? To be able to start making like really good money for them. So you got to go in, going, okay, you know, I get it, I get it. You're going to have to pay me ten thousand dollars a month, and I'm going to literally cost you ten thousand dollars a month until you know I start making money for you. And so, so I get that, Mister Customer. I get that, Mister Business Owner, Mister Sales Manager. And so, let me tell you how I'm going to mitigate that risk for you. Let me tell you what I'm going to immediately do in the first week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, in order to make sure that you know I'm producing a return on your investment. If you actually talked like that to a person, you would literally be one out of a thousand. Yeah. Well, it's just like the uh, the rep that comes in, your, your G example in the Gump. It's the same scenario. Correct. That's all hiring is. I mean, like, like in our company, for example, again, we are a recruiting company. So why do people use us? Well, because we're tr- they try to mitigate the risk, right? And so we we charge twenty five thousand dollars for a recruit. Now that comes with a lot. That comes with a guarantee. That comes with training. That comes with coaching for the first ninety days. So we do a lot of stuff to mitigate the risk for our uh, employers that are trying to hire people, uh, and that's why they're willing to pay the extra twenty five grand to have that kind of insurance policy on that. And it's because they failed in the past to be able to do that. They keep hiring people and they pay them ten thousand dollars a month for six months. And they haven't sold anything. Yeah. Yeah. They can't afford that anymore. So that's that's the idea I would say is if if you can make yourself more marketable. So how do you do that? I mean, I, you know, one would be going through a training program. Like if you could if you could if you would invest in yourself in some sort of training program, you know, with us out there or someone else out there, you Chris out there, uh, then you obviously are marketable as well because now you're going in and saying, "Hey, you know, let me tell you why I'm goal oriented. Let me tell you why I'm unleashed. Let me tell you why I'm motivated. Let me tell you I'm procedure based. Let me tell you why I'm coachable. Let me tell you why I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. You know, and let me tell you why I'm going to mitigate the risk for you. So they, they've just got to do that. They think like that, they'll be fine. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because the time to maybe get ahead of that is before you actually need to look for a job. Correct. And there's so many, like in our industry, uh, we do a ton of training around products, around features, around technology, not a lot of sales training. And part of it is, right, you come in, they give you a big compensation package. There's a little bit of an, an assumption that, hey, you're trained up. But it's unfortunate because the reality is you constantly need to be investing in yourself. Well, hey, if you really want to get ahead of it, if your company doesn't have it, 
while you're still working, go invest in a in a sales training program. There's so many out there. You know, Jason, your your program, um, lots of content out there, and um, most companies would be willing to pay for it if you just went and asked. You just got to ask them. Hundred percent. Yeah, I love that you just said that because on the training side, that's our number one objection we get. You know, we can, we can, I can convince any any business owner or head of sales that our sales training program is going to work. It's going to change behavior and going to get them to sell more. But the biggest objection is, yeah, but are my people going to do it, right? Are they going to resist? Are they going to be coachable? Are they going to be learnable? And of course, my, my big feedback is, if you're asking that question right now, you've got a huge problem, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You're, you've already, you, you're, you're, like, you're like way too behind the eight ball on this one, buddy, you know? But, that's, but most companies are. Most companies, you know, their biggest fear is that they've, that they, they've hired a bunch of salespeople that are entitled and don't want to don't want to be better, right? And so, if you feel like you work for a company right now, that they would question if you would be all in for a sales training program and invest because our sales sales training is five thousand dollars per person, and it's a fifty hour training program over ninety days. It's the most intense thing. It's the Navy SEALs of sales training. But if they, but if if you were one of those people that says, I don't know, man, I, yeah, your manager would question, would you be would you spend would you be all in for fifty hours? over 90 days? Would you give it your very best? And they question that about you. I promise you, you are on the chopping block right now when the, when the, when the market goes bad. You are one of the ones that will be fired next, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I, I just had an idea that, because, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've held training programs and I've been part of them and they're, they're always mandatory. But what if uh, we host a sales training that's not mandatory? Hey, we're going to host this training. You can opt in, you can opt out. You know, and the ones that opt in clearly are the the ones that want to perform, want to grow. The ones that don't, that, that tells you a lot, right? Yeah. And I've had a company that did that. And um, at the end of 90 days, the three or four people that decided to not opt in, they were all fired. Interesting. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Because the five or six that decided to do it, they literally doubled their performance in 90 days. And they realized very quick, because I, I always say that training is a window in a mirror, right? It's a window in the sense of it tells you exactly who you want your people to sound like and act like and think like. But then it's a mirror in the sense of, do I have people on my team that are doing those things and, and that want to do those things? I mean, everyone's capable, in my opinion. So I, am, I will never be a person that, that, that's a teacher or trainer that says, you know, well, Jason, can everyone do this? I think everyone can do. I don't think anything I teach is rocket surgery. I think it's all very simple stuff. It's just a matter of do they want to do, right? So it's more that than anything else. Yeah. Well, Jason, as we wrap up, you have a new book out. Um, what, is the, what is the book called? Yep, it's called it's called Warrior Selling. Warrior Selling: Twelve Steps to a Hundred Percent Conversion Rate. I know that's a tall order, uh, but we've trained forty-two different industries. Uh, we have a tremendous success rate in, in B two C and B two B industries. Uh, we also uh, have trained in a pilot program the United States Army recruiters, and uh, we had a very successful pilot program where uh, we took fifty soldiers in the Dallas Fort Worth Battalion. And uh, took them through the 90 day program. And in that same 90 day period, they enlisted 108% more. So they doubled their enlist enlistments compared to anyone else that was in the same city, the same market that was not in our training. So my recruits, my recruiters, uh, my recruiter army soldiers, uh, again, did twice as many enlistments in the same period. And so that 12-step methodology, again, is used in any industry. It's very, very, very phenomenal. If they buy the book, they'll see the 12-step process. If they contact us, what we actually do is, 
if they go through our program, we will um, use one of our NLP script writers and we will actually customize the 12 steps with their specific like company and methodology. So we make it very unique and customized for them. So it's not like a blanket generic, this applies to everyone. It's, it is a 12 step process that's universal, but we tailor it to the individual company or industry that they're in. Yeah, very cool. We will put a link to the book. I think you have it on Amazon. We'll put that in the show notes with, uh, what, what is the best way? If somebody wants to reach out to you directly, what is the best way to do, do that? Yeah, definitely buy the book on Amazon. Please, if you, if you, if I would say if you leave a review, we'll give you all kinds of like gifts and sprinkles. So just send us a, a picture that you left the review and we love to give you all kinds of workbooks and stuff with that too. As far as connecting with me, definitely go to fpg.com, uh, Forest Performance Group, fpg.com. And um, you can contact us there or I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. So connect with me on LinkedIn. I connect, I connect with everyone and let's have a party. Talk about sales. Absolutely. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Jason, I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Great content today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.